Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on yesterday's Canadian Food Grains Bank funding announcement. Also, we'll talk about yesterday's FCC Young Farmer announcement. And up first in today's country comment, we'll chat with the Executive Director of Seeds Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Seeds Canada has identified a need for additional input concerning stakeholder requirements for a future seed system and is planning on initiating a summit that would bring together all value chain participants impacted by the seed regulations. Barry Senf is the Executive Director of Seeds Canada. Well, as you're likely aware, the CFIA and, uh, and Canada has initiated a review of uh, of seed development, and uh, and this has uh, been long awaited by you know farmers, by the seed industry, etc. Um, you know the regs were put into existence a hundred years ago, and with that, there's been some uh, some changes and tweaks to the regs and legislation, but um, really hasn't kept up to what's gone on in either seed development. Are with our uh, our customers, the uh, the farmers, and so with the initiation of this review, um, we want to ensure Seeds Canada wants to ensure that we have input from all those affected by uh, uh, seed development and commercialization, and uh, and ultimately our uh, our customer farmer, uh, who ultimately are the uh, the benefactors of uh, of the process. So, uh, what we want to do, and uh, what we're uh, in the midst of forming, is a three day summit. It hasn't all been nailed down yet, but uh, a three day virtual summit that would involve uh, speakers from uh, our competitor countries. Um, whenever you're doing a what I'd call a strat plan, you uh, Uh, One of the issues you ensure is you know what your competitor is doing. And then from that, um, have, um, you know, hear from our producers or customers about what they see they need from uh, seed development. And then uh, hopefully the end result would be setting out some principles of what the uh, future should look like for uh, for the seed industry. What's the timeline on this uh, CFIA review? Well, and that's that's been, uh, that is, you know, a, a part of the issue is that uh, they'd like it done in, uh, you know, as quickly as possible to ensure that they meet some deadlines as far as gazetting and then moving it into uh, whether it's a leg- legislative change or that of, uh, of regs. I guess what we're saying is that we, you know, Although it is, changes need to be done in a timely fashion, since this is one in a generation or one in a lifetime uh, process uh, for a lot of us, is that we should ensure we take the time to do this right. So um, while we want to move the process along and get the end result uh, in place, we also want to take the time to ensure that we review these uh, um, review the, the whole issue and the issue around it in its entirety and then move forward accordingly. Given all the changes that have, uh, you know, occurred in both seed development and with our farmer customer, I think that, um, you know, we need to have relevant 
legislation and regulations for seed development. So again, we want to take this opportunity to do exactly that. That was Barry Senf. He's the executive director of Seeds Canada. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Canadian growers harvested a record potato crop in 2021 as production rose 18.2% year over year to 123.1 million hundredweight on account of increases in both seeded area and yield. New Brunswick and Alberta both reported record production as seeded areas rose to meet growth in processing demand. PEI produced the largest share of Canadian potatoes, followed by Alberta and Manitoba. Nationally, the average yield increased to 322.200 weight per acre in 2021, up 10.1% from the previous year. Scott Anderson with Winnipeg Livestock Sales is looking back on the fall cattle run. I think the market was pretty much, you know, it's very steady to what it's been for the last couple of years, I guess, as far as, you know, the fall run itself. Given the high feed costs locally and, you know, across most of the West, uh, I think the market was probably even better than, you know, some people had anticipated, I guess. He says a lot of local guys are buying large amounts of lighter calves to background into yearlings for next summer. The Canadian Outstanding Young Farmers Program held its national event last week in Saskatoon. The 2021 National Award winners are Little Brown Cow Dairy from Ontario and BC's R&T Poultry and Bread and Hoff Hops. Jenny Butcher and Wes Coons own and operate Little Brown Cow Dairy at Brantford. The couple started in 2008 renting and in 2011 purchased property and began processing 100% of their milk. So we offer the best milk in the world. Full-fat, unhomogenized Jersey milk on tap. It runs as free as water from the tap in your kitchen. Hundreds of people drive four-hour round trips every week. They line up, they buy 20, 30, 40 liters at a time. Because of this, we accomplished what we thought would take a lifetime. This summer, we sold 100% of our milk directly from our farm gate. Manitoba's nominees were Andre and Katie Stepler of Miami. And on Monday, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bebo announced enhanced and expanding financing opportunities through Farm Credit Canada for young farmers and young food business owners. FCC has increased the lifetime maximum amount it will approve for the young farmer and young entrepreneur loans from a million to $1.5 million. Additionally, the eligibility and the lifetime maximum approval of the starter loan have been expanded and increased. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, December 7th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll talk about some changes coming to FCC's Young Farmer Loan Programs. On Monday, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bebo announced enhanced and expanded financing opportunities through Farm Credit Canada for young farmers and young food business owners. Here now with the details is Curtis Granger. He's FCC's Director of Lending Products and Sustainability. FCC's made a couple of changes to our um, kind of young borrower lending suite of products. So our young entrepreneur loan and our young farmer loans have actually increased their thresholds. So they've uh, they in the past for $1 million, and now that's been increased to $1.5 million. And FCC's also made some adjustments to our FCC starter loan. So um, where before that, that product was only eligible for people between the ages of eight, between 18 and 25, up to $50,000. 
we've actually increased that to um, $150,000 and expanded the eligibility to people beyond the age of 25. So if you're, uh, you know, a new entrant to agriculture, so, you know, you just started your business and your revenue is $50,000 or less, um, that starter loan's really um, meant to help you, you know, get things going. Just wanted to uh, touch a little bit on each of the loans. Um, let's start with the, the Young Farmer Loan Program. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the Young Farmer Loan is uh, eligible for those uh, under the age of 40. And um, really, it's, it's meant to you know, help reduce barriers to entering the agriculture industry by offering some preferred lending rates in that, in that area. And um, yeah, like I mentioned, uh, we went from increasing that to from one million to one and a half uh, million for um, producers in the industry. And the uh, Young Entrepreneur Loan, um, tell us about that one. Yeah, so very similar to the Young Farmer Loan, but that one's a little bit more focused on kind of the agribusiness and food sector. So, you know, entrepreneurs wanting to get started in, in the egg value chain. And uh, yeah, we increased the threshold limit on that one as well, going from one million to one and a half million for, um, you know, new entre- for younger entrepreneurs in the space. And how does the application process work? Yeah, so um, it's it's it goes through our normal lending protocols. So that uh, really for for producers out there who are interested, um, you know, contacting your relationship manager at the at your NEFCC field office is is the way to go, and we'll we'll be happy to help you out. And uh, Curtis, I guess just talk about the overall um, I guess goal behind these loan programs. Yeah, for sure. So. Through the FCC's, uh, we're wanting to improve the access of capital um, that really allows young people, so whether that be farm families, producers, and really just business entrepreneurs to, to enter the agriculture value chain, so grow their business, pursue their dreams. And it's really a strong and diverse industry that we think is uh, just gets more powerful with, with the more people uh, that get involved. And uh, yeah, so it's a pretty exciting program. That was Curtis Granger with Farm Credit Canada talking about changes coming to loans for young farmers and young business owners. It's a busy time of year for farmers and ranchers with a number of in-person and virtual meetings and events on the calendar. The Farm Forum event kicks off today. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler is taking part and had a chance to chat with Iris Mech, the director of conferences for Glacier Farm Media. Talk to us a little bit about this event, if you will. We're very proud to once again bring information to men and women in the agricultural industry to Farm Forum. We've got 37 speakers bringing you uh, pertinent information about crop production. Now, 37 speakers, we can't possibly go through each and every one of them. But can you give us some sense of the topics that are going to be covered? Absolutely. We're focusing in on crop management, nutrient management, soil and water management, integrated pest management, and innovation in technology. So we've got great leaders in the industry. We've got uh, researchers, professors. Uh, people that are well-known in the industry as leaders in this technical information, and some great innovation stories. If I were to ask you about a couple of keynote presenters, who would you choose? Oh, boy. You know, when you've got 37 speakers on the program, you, you your goal is to get as many of the key great speakers and leaders that, that you possibly can. So, uh, we've got Curtis Rempel from Canola Council, John Hartnett uh, from Thrive, 
um, Angela Bedard-Hone from the University of Saskatchewan, Trevor Charles from the University of Waterloo, uh, Bob Sutton, who's the VP of Sales with RAR Malting, um, Rory O'Sullivan, Grain Discoveries, you know, people that are really vested in the industry and have a lot of technical information that is going to be very beneficial for those uh, certified crop advisors who need CEU credits. And, of course, always popular and very informative, we have the weather and market update. We've got Bruce Burnett and Mike Jubinville with us. Always very popular when it comes to conferences and talking about the weather and markets. Now, if somebody is listening to us today, Iris, and would like to take part in the event over the next couple of days, where can they go? What do they have to do? They just have to go directly to the website, Farm Forum Events. Dot com, and they can register, and as soon as they register, they'll be given access uh, through an email to go onto the platform, and when they're on the platform, they can listen to the presentation, and then if they miss something or want to re-listen to anything, they can go back onto the platform until January 31st, 22. Once again, the Farm Forum event running today, tomorrow, and Thursday. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Keystone Agricultural Producers is hosting its annual district meeting tonight from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. This will be done in a virtual format. You can go to the CAP website for details. The Manitoba Ag Museum is hosting a winter wonderland near Austin December 10th to the 12th and again from the 17th to the 19th from 4 to 8 p.m. Proof of vaccination for guests age 12 and up is required. The entry fee is $10 per family. The Canadian Forage and Grassland Association's annual conference is planned for December 14th to the 16th in an online setting. Details at CanadianFGA.ca. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, a renewed grant agreement has been signed between the Canadian Food Grains Bank and the Government of Canada. The grant is worth $75 million over three years and will be used to fund emergency response projects implemented through the 15 member agencies of the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Here's Executive Director Andy Harrington. I'd like to offer a few words of gratitude, if I may, to the Canadian government for their support. At its very beginning, a Canadian Food Grains Bank began with a dream. A dream that one day, everyone in the world would be able to get enough to eat. Now, for the prairie grain farmers who helped to found the Food Grains Bank, that people should be starving to death in a world of abundance was an absolute disgrace. And they were practical people who weren't about to sit idly by Instead, they were determined to put faith into action. And when a way to make their vision a reality didn't exist, like farmers do, they came together to make it happen. I'm always uh, inspired by how this organization came to be from our roots with business owners and farms on the prairies today, till today, as one of Canada's leading humanitarian agencies made up of 15 member agencies working with their partners in our joint mission to end hunger. Now we're still strongly supported by those same farmers. And now we've been joined by thousands of other Canadians in churches and communities across the countries. And what adds to how remarkable this story is, 
is that our Canadian government came behind this idea of a world without hunger from the very beginning and for almost 40 years has provided ongoing and constant support to the notion that every person in the world deserves enough to eat. As a Canadian, despite this accent, I'm proud that the commitment of my elected leaders and civil servants have joined with us to end global hunger. And I'm proud that that commitment has stood the test of time. Sadly, as the minister noted, the enormous need that exists in the majority world for emergency food, whilst once on a decline for a number of years, is rising once again. Climate change is leading to more natural disasters. I'm speaking to you from southwestern British Columbia in the middle of the Fraser Valley, where we've recently experienced one of those. There are more people living in developing countries who are vulnerable. Conflicts in places like Syria and South Sudan are leading to food systems failures and the inability of people to get enough food for their families in the ways they once could. And of course, as we've all experienced, the global pandemic has led to disastrous economic consequences for the people around the world. None more so than vulnerable people already living on the edge of hunger. Because of the support of the Government of Canada, our members have been able to provide support for people around the world affected by these food system failures and emergencies. And the efforts of many thousands of Canadians who support the Food Grains Bank have been amplified through the grant. And on behalf of so many, thank you to Global Affairs Canada and the Government of Canada for making this possible. That was Andy Harrington. He's the executive director with the Canadian Food Grains Bank. A renewed grant agreement has been signed between the Canadian Food Grains Bank and the Government of Canada. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. A renewed grant agreement has been signed between the Canadian Food Grains Bank and the Government of Canada. The grant is worth $75 million over three years and will be used to fund emergency response projects implemented through the 15 member agencies of the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Last year, the Food Grains Bank provided $49 million worth of assistance for 989,000 people in 33 countries. Winnipeg livestock sales saw a lot of cattle from the Interlake region this year due to the drought. Here, Scott Anderson. Producers, you know, they always, if they have to move something, a lot of people had, uh, you know, held back replacement heifers and had them out to be bred. And then, you know, when they decided that they had to move something in order to accommodate their herd, you know, as far as pasture, it just seemed that everybody sold their, their yearling heifers, I guess, that, you know, probably had been running with a bull. So a lot of those numbers, you know, kind of are, are out of the system now, I guess. And, and that in turn might, you know, help the bread cow market going forward, like even in the fall here, as well as uh, into the spring, maybe there might be producers that uh, will come back onto the market to, to replace those uh, breeding stock that they had sold in the summertime due to the drought. And two couples received the title of Canadian Outstanding Young Farmers for 2021. This year's national award winners are Little Brown Cow Dairy from Brantford, Ontario, and BC's R&T Poultry and Bread and Hoff Hops at Abbotsford. Raymond and Tracy Bread and Hoff farm in the Fraser Valley. They operate a 40,000 broiler per cycle operation and are the largest distributor of Canadian grown hops. In 2020, our cold storage facility was quadrupled in size to handle the amount of hop product we carry, and we currently yield approximately 15,000 kilograms of finished product per year. The award winners were announced on Friday. Manitoba's nominees were Andre and Katie Stepler of Miami. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program.
We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get a cattle market update from Canfax. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.